Welcome to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for people like you who care about the social impact of conscious companies and everyday heroes. Hear inspiring stories from those who put people and planet before profit and personal gain. You'll learn how you can make a difference, vote with your dollars, and get involved today. Here's your host, Karina Belizzi. Hello, fellow do-gooders and friends. I'm your host, Karina Belizzi, an activist and cause marketer who's passionate about social impact and sustainability. In this episode, we are going to cover some sensitive topics, from race relations to social justice and everything in between. Please use your discretion when listening, especially if you have young children present or if you're listening in the company of others. Now, I've been looking forward to this interview for some time as I first discovered the founder and her incredible story when listening to Carolyn Keel's Beyond Six Seconds. Joining me today is Courtney Stewart. She is that founder and CEO of Lip Revolt, a cosmetic brand specializing in lipstick that promotes social activism. Through Lip Revolt, Courtney encourages people to fight for what they believe in and to speak up for others. Lip Revolt donates 10% of sales to organizations that support women's rights, civil rights, and LGBTQ rights. In addition to Lip Revolt, Courtney has worked in a public service for over six years. She graduated with a BA in political science from Spelman College in 2013 and earned an MS in terrorism and homeland security policy from American University in 2016. Lip Revolt has been featured in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and Pop Sugar. Courtney, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Now, before we get started, I would love to hear about your activistic path. Was there a specific incident that propelled you into action? I think I've always wanted to be someone of action and someone who is getting things done. But I will say my life experiences have really played a role in the person I am and and the things that I want to see in the world. Growing up, I didn't know my biological parents. I was adopted at about age three. And throughout that adoption, my adopted mother was always very abusive. And her and her boyfriend uh, sexually abused me, emotionally abused me, and kind of broke me down. And at that point in my life, I didn't know what to do. I felt very discouraged. My self-esteem suffered greatly. It was just a very, very hard point in my life. And so when I finally went into foster care, I jumped around for a little bit. But once once I finally found my, my forever foster family, I kind of grew into my own. And I found my voice. It made me want to help others find their voice and to live who they really are and to just be who they want to be. And so I'll say that my my life story kind of triggered that. I've never looked back since. <laughs> and I will say, you know, going, going to college and attending Spelman College as well is one of those um, experiences that I had that told me that I had a choice to change the world. And, and I took that choice seriously. 
Yeah. Well, having to go through all of that at a young age, at any age is really just terrible to hear. I mean, I've looked at statistics of how many women are abused. You know, I'm hard pressed to find a single woman in my community that hasn't had some issue of either being intimidated or assaulted or even just flat out raped. It's something that is endemic in um, society and culture whenever there seem to be humans around, um, sadly. And it, so, and it shouldn't be that way. It no. really shouldn't be that way. I think that um, we need to start holding people accountable for their actions. And I think people need to start respecting others a bit more because the fact that you said that you don't know a single person within your circle who hasn't had an experience just shows how much change needs to happen in the world. Yeah. I mean, and I just think back to even being a young teen that's just kind of coming into yourself and barely really understands what's happening to your body, right? And people just suddenly react to you much differently. And you're being catcalled walking down the street by grown men that are, you know, double your age. Um, there's a lot of inappropriate action that I think we're all exposed to as we go through that. And it's a very complicated thing to work through. Now, when you talk about what you're doing with the company you're building, mm-hmm. I I would just like to hear you speak from the heart about how you envisioned this company and what you're working to do with it. Because even a, a name like Lip Revolt is very brave. It's audacious. It's <laughs> It's got in the brand name itself, I, I feel like it's the resistance, yeah. you know? <laughs> for sure. For sure. And it's, And that was purposeful. I want to say that was very purposeful. You know, just me telling my story previously, I want to say that, you know, of course, faith and and my family helped me really get through those times. But I think also putting on lipstick helped me out a little bit as well. I'm sure if you wear lipstick, your viewers may wear lipstick, um, people listening, they know how it feels to put on that lipstick or some makeup and walk out of the house and just feel like your whole mentality has changed. You just feel beautiful. You feel capable, invincible. You feel like you can take control of any situation and you can, but society would lead you to believe differently. And that's the problem. And so I wanted to create something where the people that that I support, women, marginalized communities, all of these different groups, if, if they want to wear the lipstick, they can feel empowered. They can feel inspired. It caused me to feel that way. So I'm sure it will cause someone else to feel that way. And I remember back when I first thought about the idea of Lip Revolt, it was, I want to say in 2018, it was right at the height of the Me Too movement. And I was just like, wow, there are so many other women who have been through this situation. I'm not alone. And I just thought back to my own experiences and how much healing I had to do and how much trauma I had. I wanted to develop something that would help people who have been through that heal and to regain their strength and to make sure that they have a voice. 
because it's so important. And it's it's incidents like that that make you feel like you you don't have power mm-hmm. or that you don't have a voice. So you look at Lip Revolt in a way as taking back that power and showing this face with pride to the world. Absolutely. Now, I asked you to send me some of this beautiful um, lipstick. And I'm holding up um, the envelope for (laughs) Lip Revolt to everybody who's able to watch this on video. I'll put this video up on Facebook, um, some snippets on other platforms as well, and also on YouTube. But it's this beautiful black envelope with Lip Revolt written and hot pink script. And I love how bold it is. I'm going to open it now. I purposefully did not wear lipstick as we started this. And um, I am typically a lipstick wearer because it helps me feel like, I don't know, more, I don't want to say proud, just more confident. And so as I'm opening this, you know, and I'm opening this now, I just want to show people what I've got here. There's this postcard. Um, it's beautiful. It says, beautiful change maker. We started this brand not only to accentuate your already gorgeous features, but to also have a call to action. Fight for what you believe in and what you deserve. Whether you're fighting to break the glass ceiling, fighting against sexual abuse, fighting for civil rights, or fighting for basic respect, we want you to know that we are fighting with you. So when you apply your new Lip Revolt lipstick, remember that it is more than just lip color. It's change. Lip Revolt. Wow, that's beautiful. And I love the postcard. Looks like graffiti. <laughs> there's there's some fist pumps going on. And um, the packaging itself. I mean, this is not a beauty podcast. <laughs> but it's I'm not, but <laughs> you know, I'm gonna um, I mean, I know all these people on YouTube beauty that can spend, be revolutionary. You know, they spend time like putting on their makeup and they get far more dolled up than I ever do. And I think <laughs> anyone who knows me is it's just real basic. So mascara, a little eyeliner maybe, and a little blush. And it's made for people who wear a lot of makeup and it's made for people who don't right. because lipstick is one of those things that you don't need to have a full face to wear. Right. That's true. So um, here I have trailblaze and insurgents. So I think I'm going to go with ins- insurgent. This is the darker of the two mm-hmm. and it's like almost a purple. I love that. So <laughs> why don't you tell me about the naming of each of these? Yes, absolutely. I wanted each name to be very bold I wanted you to feel a part of a community of people fighting for change, of people who weren't going to take no or you can't do it as an answer. I wanted you to be able to put on the lipstick and walk into your boardroom and give your presentation with no hesitation, with no doubt in your mind that you deserve to be there. And I think all of the names somewhat fit the bill, you know, trailblaze. Sometimes you got to cause an uproar, you know, sometimes you got to be a rebel. And I wanted to highlight all of those things. And it looks great on you. I love this color, actually. (laughs) Um, So when I tend to go dark, especially when I'm going out, I like to wear black a lot. I like to wear dark and bright colors, but it feels divine too. So I know you don't necessarily have a background in cosmetics. You didn't come at this. I mean, you've got a background that includes having an MS and a subject <laughs> that's kind of 
difficult to talk about like terrorism and all this other (laughs) stuff, right? Intimidating. Yeah. And, and yet now you're, you formulated a lipstick line and you're donating the proceeds to this, um, to amazing ventures. So I'd like you to talk about what it took to, um, create this because it's not something obviously that happened overnight. You're right. I didn't have a background in cosmetics or consumer products as a seller, but I think one of the most important things that I had was I had background in cosmetics as a user, as a consumer. Mm-hmm. And so I can remember not having a foundation that matched my skin tone. I know that there's a lack of social responsibility amongst beauty brands. And there's a lack of people of color sitting in leadership at a lot of beauty, big beauty companies, taking what I know as a consumer and as a lover of makeup, you know, I can take all of those things, produce a great product. There's no lack in my product and kind of develop the type of brand that I wish I saw, you know, and I want to fill that gap for people. And it was very difficult because like you said, I only had the experience as a consumer. I didn't know where to go and find a manufacturer. I didn't know how much money it took. I had no know-how and I had to find it, you know, either through Google. I always claim Google's my best friend, Um, whether it be... (laughs) Google and Wikipedia, (laughs) like a couple of others. Whether it be through different Facebook groups I've utilized. I know the... um, the Spellhouse Business Alliance is one of those groups that I've been able to rely on since I've started my business to kind of see what others are doing in their business and, and to help grow. I think that it's important not to be stopped because you don't necessarily have a background in something. I think it should be more of a reason to do so if you know that you can fill a gap. Or if you know that someone isn't being served. And I think that my brand is trying trying its best. I'm trying my best to do so. Yeah, well, I mean, you're building something that can have legs. I mean, I could foresee this product being on shelf in a Sephora at some point or an Ulta in the future. So, I mean, these are things that I'm sure you're going to continue pursuing, even as right now you're working in the direct-to-consumer sphere. You know, you mentioned getting this off the ground and started in 2018. It took a couple years to get to a place where you felt confident you had a product you could release. Yeah. And then I think you launched uh, this fall. Is that correct? I launched right at the end of August, which was August 26. Hmm. It happens to be Women's Equality Day. It was very intentional. I've been, I like to say that I've been very intentional about everything with the brand but it was August 26, 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> right. So it's a challenging time to launch any brand, but right. also and lipstick when it's being covered by mask. <laughs> <laughs> However, you know, how many Zoom calls are we all on? There's even a feature now in Zoom where you can actually turn on makeup and it makes your lips oh, wow. look darker. I mean... <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. It looked really weird. I tried it out just like playing around for a little bit, but it's not the same. And I will tell you that, you know, putting digital lipstick on by clicking a Zoom button, it's not empowering. 
No. And what you're talking about <laughs> is something that is empowering. So, I mean, I see what you're saying. And even, even going with, you know, putting the makeup from Zoom on, mm-hmm. it's, it's something about accentuating your lips that I wanted to really have, you know, it's, it's called lip revolt for a reason. When you think of your lips, I always think of my lips and associated with my mouth. And when I associate it with my mouth, I think of what comes out of it. And it's my voice. And there's so much power in a voice and it can literally change the world. So why not use it to revolt and to tear down misogyny and to fight against sexual abuse or anything else that you just don't agree with or isn't right? I think I I really strongly believe that by just accentuating it and putting something on it, you yourself are acknowledging your power. Well, I think that's beautifully said. Now, I will say, I think one of my first posts in social media as I got this podcast started was I have a voice and I'm going to use it to spread more social good. So I feel like your lipstick matches perfectly with my what my mission is here. <laughs> now, if you had um, the ability to look back at 2018 and connect with yourself then, what would you say to yourself? Like what learnings would you pass on given um, what you've accomplished thus far and, and all the work you had to put in? I would say, take your time. <laughs> take your time to learn. You know, there's so many different pieces when it comes to running a business and it's, it's not for the faint at heart. No, I mean, deciding is step one, right? Like you decide you're going to do something and then you have to spend time and research and nobody's paying you for that time, right? No, no, (laughs) not at all. Yeah. And you might, (laughs) you might have to uh, spend a little bit of money to do a prototype depending on what it is you're doing. Yeah. A lot of it because there, there are manufacturers out there that are not equal to others. And I, that was something that I had to find out along the way. You know, you, you, you have to test everything. Don't just take people at face value. You need to test it. And you need to make sure that the product that you are creating is going to represent you positively. It took me a long time to do that. And it cost a lot of money. And I'm sure more than you anticipated. Much more than I anticipated, but I'm happy that I went through those, those manufacturers so Mm. that I can, that I can find the perfect formula for what I, what I wanted and what I needed for Lip Revolt. Yeah. Well, you can't sacrifice on quality if it's going to be a a game changing brand too, which this absolutely is. I couldn't do it. And and I would also tell myself to just take my time and, and be kind with myself because I feel like I beat myself down initially um, when I was first trying to start in 2018. Mind you, remember, I told you I launched in on August 26, 2020. Mm-hmm. And so throughout that time, you know, I was just like, why can't I just do it? What is going on here where I'm not finding the answer? And I think it's important for, for others out there who are really trying to start a brand or trying to launch a, a business or to do anything really 
just be kind with yourself because everything takes time. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would tell myself. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm studying for my MBA presently and a common theme that comes up and just something that business people tend to throw on, throw around is um, it takes twice as long and double the money <laughs> what you <laughs> anticipate spending. And it's pretty often true. I think there are seldom cases where suddenly, you know, you're just able to lift off with nothing, but this is not something like making cupcake and putting it out there. Even in the case of that earlier episode where I um, featured Violet Anna Leiby and her business, The Giving Cake, another pay it forward business, right? She had to go through months and months of iterations and figuring out how, you know, to make the frosting the right color. And so the flowers all looked perfect. So it was something that could actually be sellable, that would taste great, that would be consistent, that she felt like she could put her seal on. I think that's with anything, even something as simple as a baked good that you might make in your own kitchen, not even yet at the commercial stage there's still a lot of work that goes behind it. And I think sometimes that's what keeps people from acting and doing something that they're really passionate about. But the advice I give time and again is just get started. Just try. Because you'll never know until you start the work, if it's something that could be your calling, your passion, the thing that makes you happy, the thing that makes you feel like you are doing the good, you are giving back that gets you to wake up with a spring in your step beyond just feeling like you're in a forever grind. I agree. I agree. You know, so I wanted to talk for a bit about some of the charities that you're working with. Mm -hmm. I know that you've stated that, you know, you even on your website say, if there's a charity that you like in your community, tell us about it. Like you're always constantly seeking updates to that to really stay of the moment and make sure that you're giving resources to charities that are doing really good work. So talk a little bit about how you've selected them and the work you're doing presently. Every month I choose about five to six different nonprofits to to give funds to. And I choose those brands because of what they're they're for. If it's a nonprofit that is supporting women, gender equality, civil rights, LGBTQ rights, I'm all for it. But I think the the main nonprofits that I really want to help are those that are like the mom of mom and pops of nonprofits who may not get a lot of funding federally, who when they get money, they they trickle it down to the people who who really need it. One in particular, you know, typically I do change them, but one in particular is very close to my heart. And so I've had it for for quite a few months, may I say. Mm-hmm. And it's the New Georgia Project. They do a number of different things whether it be making sure that there's no voter disenfranchisement, which is super important. And it's very, very important, as you could see, because Georgia turned blue. That's <laughs> and I, right. I say that the new Georgia pro- project is a part of that. But also because the money that I put towards it is actually going towards a family member as well. They they are supporting a few different cases here in Georgia, and one of which is a stand your ground case. It deals with a family member of mine, a cousin, who is in South Georgia. He has been waiting on a decision for bail or bond several months. He's not getting justice 
the reality of the story you tell sounds like something that would have come out of the pre-civil rights movement, like something Mm -hmm. in the early 60s or um, even into the 70s. But you just... That stuff still happens. And it's been getting worse. And it's... I don't know if it's been getting worse. I think we just see it more. We see it more. Yeah. and, And we hear about it more. And I think it's important that we talk about it more because like with my cousin who is still waiting for a decision for bond, it's been several months um, waiting for court dates for months. It seems like they're dragging it out as much as possible because of the color of his skin and not because of the law. Yeah. And that's just really unfortunate. The reality for so many people is they, if they don't have funds for a lawyer that's going to help them get through, then they get relegated to the worst essential representation. And that representation then is not able to keep moving things forward. I mean, I've seen court cases where it seems like the DA is just forever on vacation. So a date just keeps getting pushed. Oh, well, you know, someone from the core office isn't available. So the judge just keeps kicking the can down the road. So seemingly simple case that could be heard essentially waits for one, two, even three years. And um, meanwhile... Your cousin is trapped behind bars serving time for something that he um, would be willing to face the court with today, right? Right. And losing time. I mean, you don't know what will end up happening, how a jury might see things, what would be the end result. Right. But there's, it's almost like the pain of waiting is so vast and it feels like there's no justice. Right. Right. And and what is the repercussions that the other people are going to have? But I, I want to take this even further outside of feelings, you know? Yeah. Where is the justice? Where is the justice? I agree. You know, for somebody to be threatened, for you to hear about stories like Ahmaud Ibri, um, to to see that these sorts of injustices continue to happen and that the system seems like it's imbalanced and stacked against those who don't have resources and often those who have a different um, tint to their skin is just not the future we should seek to build and it's everything we should fight against. I agree. So I applaud you for standing up with Lip Revolt to do that. I would like to know, like this is maybe on a more positive note, like let's, (laughs) let's go fast forward, right? So if we were to take, you know, where we are today, fast forward five years from now, five years may sound like a long time, but that's often what it takes to build a brand, to get a movement really going. Um, You know, five years down the road from now, we will be on the other side of another election. And who knows, we might have a female woman, uh, a person of color in the White House, possibly, you know, like going Uh, from the second seat to the first seat, there could be a lot of really incredible change that occurs if we are able to keep momentum going. So let's think about that. And fast forward five years, what is the change that you will have created with Lip Revolt? You know, it's hard to imagine what five years in the future would look like. 
I could be cheesy and say there's going to be world peace and everything else. <laughs> I think, I think realistically, um, with the impact that Liprevault has and could have, I'd like to see less people on the streets. I'd like to see the people who are supported, you know, through the money that I give to these nonprofits be able to succeed. I love for Liprevault and my story to inspire someone else to start their own business. And of course, on, you know, my business aspirations, I'd love to see, see Liprevault in like Sephora. <laughs> I'd love to see them in Alta. I'd love to see them in uh, a few other marketplaces. And I'd love to see a president that is a woman or a person of color or a black woman, because it's so important to see someone who looks like you in such a high office, someone who looks like you have the ability to be in rooms where real change can happen. And so I think, I think that is the goal and I'd love to see it. And, and I hope that Lip Revolt can help in some way. Maybe it will become the lipstick of choice for our second in command. Who knows? It could be. <laughs> if you tell her, tell her. <laughs> Come on, Kamala. It's time. <laughs> so let's assume our listeners are armed with their lip revolts. They can go to your website and get a couple of colors to choose from. I personally, I can't remember what you call the black color. I want to get some of that too. <laughs> dissident. Dissident. Yes. I'm feeling dissident today. I would love to. Yes. That, that is such a perfect word. Let's assume that our listeners have their lip revolt already. What more can they do to be the change we're all working so hard to create? Like, what advice would you give them? Um, I think, of course, buy more lipstick. <laughs> but on, on another note, you know, I give a portion of the profits to these nonprofits. Support them on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have the funds to necessarily support them, volunteer. It is hard during COVID to do so, but there are things that you can do virtually. And I think more so keeping the change in your circle, but outside. Let me explain so that so that it makes a little bit more sense. People in places of privilege need to use that privilege for better. And I think that you know, if you have family members or friends who don't acknowledge what's going on in the world, who choose to remain out of it, I think you should charge yourself with telling them to do more. I think you also need to use your voice to do so. And I think we need to start supporting the change with your actions, with your voice, giving back to these nonprofits. So with your wallet, supporting businesses um, from people of color, um, from black, you know, black businesses. I think, I think it's time to work for a more equal world. It's going to take everyone not everyone may be ready to do so, but if they're in your circle, they may be more willing to hear about it because they know who you are. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We actually recorded an episode a bit ago with Genevieve Smith. She champions this phrase, nothing is neutral. Mm -hmm. And she talks about how to have those difficult conversations. And, you know, when, you know, sometimes it may just not be the appropriate moment. Like if you're super fired up and angry, is that the right moment to talk to somebody who's a little resistant? Maybe not. But figuring out a way to open a subject with somebody who's a little resistant is something that is commendable. I think we've all, you know, had experiences over the course of the last couple of years where people in our family or in our community took a stance that was so different from our own that we ended up alienated from them in some way. You know, I think it's important if we're all going to push for change that we try to bridge some of those gaps, find a common ground, and remind one another that we really have more in common than we sometimes think. And the goal isn't alienation. It's not. No. It's it's for everyone to be on equal playing ground. And I think when people recognize that and start to notice that no, no one race is trying to take over. No one is trying to be on top or anything like that. I think what people really want is just equality. Right. Well, the reality is there's enough for everybody. If we can just get over feeling like we have to be in this constant competition. (laughs) Right. I agree. So, you know, as it stands, I think the work that you're doing is so important, giving rise to those voices, asking people to also use theirs. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is how we will create and keep change going. This is how we can build a better future for everybody. It's not socialism to have health care. It's not socialism to not be living on the streets, right? This is humanitarian efforts. This is like ensuring that people have food in their bellies and a roof over their head. We can We can work towards more equality, but we have to push these conversations forward. I agree. I would like to snapshot for everyone a quick summary on what it is that you've done so far. In the midst of a pandemic, while working full-time, Courtney Stewart, you (laughs) created a cosmetic brand that caters to individuals who identify as women or who are gender non-conforming, that honors women of all stripes and walks of life, everybody, that represents their passion for standing up and being counted when it matters, while you're working to fight for social justice and racial equality, we're all just getting started. So the message I'm getting from all of this is pretty simple and clear. We can all help, right? So I want to know from you, if you had a few closing words to share with our audience, you know, just you have the floor, say what you'd like. I think my last message... I would direct to my audience, you know, those who may be listening on your channel, on your, on your podcast, be you, be you because your existence and your authenticity is within and of itself revolutionary. Take hold of it, fight for it and just live. Tell your story when you're ready. You know, if you're chasing after a dream, reach it. But when you do, make sure you help someone else in your community that you come from 
to make their dream. I'm going to leave y'all with that. Courtney, thank you for proving a point for all of us that action can be beautiful and even fun and fierce as your lipsticks. <laughs> they're, they're beautiful and feel great too. I mean, I'm, how, how long have we been recording? Maybe like half hour, 40 minutes, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Not tacky. My lips don't feel dry. That's beautiful. It's very lightweight. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fantastic. Thank you so much for your commitment, your hard work, and for coming on this show to talk about it all. I so appreciate and love what you're doing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm linking to liprevolt.com in show notes, and you'll see a link and feature on liprevolt. Just go to caremorebebetter.com. You'll find an action page dedicated to causes and companies we encourage you to support. And I invite all of you to join the conversation and be a part of the community we're building with LipRevolt and with Care More Be Better. You can follow Care More Be Better on social spaces or just send us an email at caremorebebetter.com. That address is hello at Care More Be Better. And remember, this podcast is not an infomercial. It's not backed by the people or the companies we feature. Our purpose is to simply put more good into the world, much like what LipRevolt is doing. If you find what we're doing is great and you'd like to support it, share it with your friends, or you can even donate to support the cause. Just visit caremorebebetter.com and click the donate button. Thank you listeners for being a part of this pod and this community because together we can do so much more. Thanks for listening to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for social good. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And share with your friends to help us reach more people and spread more social good.